SFFL listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I am Jen Northington. I'm recording on the very first day of December. What? How did that happen? And today, in a way that feels kind of perfect given how everything is like dying actively in my backyard, I'm going to talk about ecofiction. That's a thing. At least in 2020, everybody was using it as a word to describe fiction in which nature is a huge, dare I say, primary character. And I've read some SFF that does that thing, and I like it. So we're going to talk about it. Okay, before we talk about that, a reminder that it is early December. The holidays are upon us. If you are still working on your gift list, may we suggest TBR, Tailored Book Recommendations. We have gifting. We have paperbacks now. So if the person, the reader in your life, or somebody you would like to like make into a reader, I'm just saying is into paperbacks as opposed to hardcovers, that is an option. We also have a Rex-only level. They can get the books from the library or download them online or do whatever they want to do. But we can find recommendations for pretty much any reader. If you go to mytbr.co, mytbr.co slash gift, all of the details are there. We've got lots of options. There's even a nice grid that tells you, like, okay, if it's this kind of reader, here's the best subscription to get for them. You can give a one-time gift. You can give an annual subscription. You have many options. So again, mytbr.co slash gift. And now we will hear from a sponsor. Okay. Ecofiction. I mean, literally just books that are about nature <laughs> and people. People interacting with nature, but like on a where that's the main conflict, shall we say, or the main point of the book. That's sort of what I'm going with for my personal definition of ecofiction today. And my first pick is one I just read because it won the Ursula K. Le Guin Award. And so I was like, hey, I should read that book. And lo and behold, it was really good. It's Arboreality by Rebecca Campbell. And this came out last year. And of course, I didn't hear about it. Of course, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't hear about it until it won the prize this year. So it's really good, y'all. It's a linked short story novel. It really feels like a novel. But each chapter is a different perspective. And each of those perspectives is linked pretty loosely, actually, to the next one. So you're following this story that starts sort of now more or less, or like very near future, and then goes out into the next, let's say, 50-ish, 100 years, which is not that long. And this is not one of those like technology is going to save us, like here's all the inventions. It's also not like doom and destruction and we're all going to like get sent back to the Stone Age. It's actually a really fascinating look at like what would a mundane life look like when everything's when infrastructure starts to crumble and so Campbell is thinking about wildfires and erosion and mudslides and rising sea level through the lens of a college professor whose library is disintegrating and the remaining professors still on campus are trying to like save the books because they can see the writing on the wall there's no more funding coming in you know 
20, 30, 40 years that these books will be abandoned and disintegrate. So how can they preserve them? Um, and then we get a guy who lives in a cul-de-sac in Vancouver Island. These all take place on Vancouver, Vancouver Island. But he lives in a cul-de-sac and he's rewilding his lawn and he's fighting with his neighbor about it because his neighbor has one of those perfect desert lawns. Not desert, but like it's an eco-desert where it's just green turf and that's it. And he doesn't want to see anything else on his street. So they're fighting over lawns. And then we have an apprentice violinist who wants to make a violin for a prodigy that he works with. And what does that look like? I, these stories are so good, y'all. This book is fantastic. I just loved it. And it's a like quiet book. It is, it's just these mundane life details. You see these people moving through daily life, deciding what to plant, what to save, because they feel like they don't know what's going to happen next or some end is coming. And then finding hope amidst the rebel, finding connection, finding the ways that you go on, figuring it out and just continuing to live a small daily life that has ripples and repercussions that they don't know about, but that we get to see because of the way that Campbell has linked these stories. It's beautiful. If you are a fan of writers like Emily St. John Mandel or Karen Thompson Walker, who do these very contemplative, speculative fiction, this is definitely for you. If you tend more towards realism in your speculative fiction, this is for you. I mean, if you like to think about like, quote unquote, like to think about what does what does it look like? What does the near future and our, you know, everything crumbling around us look like? This is a book that you must pick up. It's it's gorgeous. Okay, so I also have a fantasy pick, which I know I've talked about this book before, but I don't think I talked about this aspect of it. So the next one is Jasmine Throne by Tasha Suri, who, as if you know, you know, if you're a listener, you know, I love Tasha Suri's work. And this is the first book in the Burning Kingdoms series, which is very much like dark political fantasy. There's feuding royal siblings and imprisonment and exile and war and all of that stuff. So it very much has all of that going on. Content warnings for child abuse, violent misogyny, and homophobia. So while that's going on, there is also a plague and a nature curse, question mark, and nature powers that are hugely significant to the plot and the book. So we have two main characters, Malini and Priya, and Malini is a princess. Her brother is the violent misogynist who basically wants to burn her alive in a religious ceremony, and she refuses, surprise. And so she's been exiled to this ancient crumbling temple, and Priya encounters her. Priya is hired to be a maid functionally for Malini while she's in exile. But her secret is that she was, this temple used to be where she was raised, and she has powers that are connected to the temple and to nature. And there is this plague happening that is caused by malevolent or unbalanced, let's say, natural magic. And Priya is dealing with that along with all of these political shenanigans. And so Malini's story is very much about the politics, but Priya's story is very much about what does it mean to have powers that touch nature, which is a chaotic force. Like, it, it can be good, it can be bad, it can be 
unknowable. I mean, what do you do with that? And I love the way that nature is present in this book, even though it also terrifies me a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. It's scary, but it's really well done. And so when I was thinking about, oh, what is the other book I want to talk about? Jasmine Throne popped into my head. So again, Jasmine Throne, Tasha Suri, really intense nature, magic connection in that story, along with all of the other good stuff that's going on. So yeah, that's our ecofiction tangent today. Hope you enjoyed it. Read the books. They're great. <laughs> As of Evia is sound edited by Caitlin Brame. Many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. I hope you have a good December, whatever the nature looks like where you are. Thank you always, always for listening. You can email us, sffia at bookriot.com. We love getting emails. We read all of them, even if we don't necessarily respond to all of them. We'll take pick pictures, what you're reading, theme ideas, questions. You got it. If you would be so kind as to review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that also is really great. Helps other listeners to find the show really wherever you can leave a review. We appreciate it. And I am on a social media break, so you can't find me on social media much right now. But if you go to, I am sending out tiny letters because it turns out that I have more brain for tiny letters when I'm not dealing with other social media platforms. So jenirl.com has all the details. Go there. J-E-N-N-I-R-L.com. All right. Talk to you next time.